Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, candy, old people's whales, dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbol. Bida octo mon farste outwis mon kasabu haudon fu chi tang gali asparos. Ooh, scary! And this. Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this, though. Noal na o lapireta ikarino ilasa zorge, lapilasa do lape turbs benas. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio? Thirteen point two pesos. There's no such thing as point two pesos. Fifteen hundred yen. Five hundred pinks. Republic credits. That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. This is the MFG cast. And this is our Gen Con 50 story. Hey guys, Kurt here. And Tracy. When people think about Gen Con, they think about the crowds, they think about the the hotness, they think about the new games and stuff like that. But we kind of have a bunch of experiences and stories that kind of go along with it. That's why I thought it would be kind of cool to call it our Gen Con 50 story. 
because we had lot we saw lots of games. We got to talk to a lot of cool people, see a bunch of people that we had only seen on the or talked to through Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. So we'll kind of go through some of that. But before we get to Gen Con, we've got some awesome beforehand stuff that kind of happened on the way there. So I'll have Tracy explain one of the things that happened before we even got to Gen Con. Is it our intralude? <laughs> yeah, sure. Is that what they call it? Yeah, I guess An so. intralude? <laughs> our prologue? Yeah, there you go. Our prologue. There you go. Yeah. Our story begins here. So, Kurt and I decided to make the trek to Gen Con by car. And the morning was pretty hectic as we were trying to get Logan, our son, into the car and packed up to go to Grandma and Grandpa's where he was going to be carted around to every place um, while we were out and about at in Indiana. And this is my little take on the forgotten bag. So let's skip ahead. We're about 100 miles on the road, and Kurt and I were talking, and we had to take a little break to use the restroom. And I said, hey, did you, you, we grabbed everything, right? It was more as a, you know, a nudge joke to him. And he said, pop the trunk. And he popped it, or no, I popped it. And he looked in there and I hear him mumbling back there and, ah, and I thought he was pulling my leg. And um, turns out he forgot his entire bag of clothes. Our charger, or chargers, he thought. So his bag of clothes included socks, boxers, shirts, pants, shorts, you name it. The entire caboot. I had tossed a couple pairs of pants in there too, but otherwise I had all the rest of my clothes in another bag. So we were, um, we had the task of trying to decide what we were going to do. 100 miles. That's what? An hour and a half mm-hmm. there and an hour and a half back. We would have lost three hours into our trip, and our trip is about nine hours or so, we figure. So. Of course, I am mad. I call my mom, and I'm like, Mom, we forgot our bag. And she talked us down. She said, why don't you just stop at, like, Walmart or something and pick him up the essentials of what he needs. And there must have been a reason why I had overpacked my shirts and stuff because I ended up packing, what, five shirts? And um, so he was able to use one of them, and then we ended up buying several of those and all the other stuff we needed, a charger. And then if we fast forward ahead to the end of the trip um, is when he realized that he had tossed the chargers in another bag that was in the trunk that we never took out because we didn't need. So that was sweet. Awesome. That was an awesome way to spend $100 um, before we even got to Indianapolis, unexpectedly. So it kind of put a damper on our trip, but we, were, we thought we could use it as a funny moment <laughs> along the way, right? Yep. Yep. So that, so that already made for the, the, the best trip because we're already down $100. That could have gone towards food, games, gas, tolls, you name it. Um, he did it. Yeah, you know, whatever. exactly. 
So, you know, and it's funny because I thought about it too before we even left. I was like, gosh, I feel like we're rushing and we're always so thorough and I didn't feel like we were, but we didn't do it. We just kind of took off and didn't think anything of it. So luckily cooler heads prevailed and we were able to grab what we needed, but it just sucked to not have anything on me. And, you know, grab, being able to go in the store, grab what we needed, we sat and we kind of looked through my stuff, figured out what was in his bag, wrote down what we needed. So, you know, we kind of thought about it as much as we could mm-hmm. to figure out what we needed and got the basics, you know. So fast forward, we n- nothing of import comes, you know, into our lives until we get to our hotel. So let us talk about this hotel, <laughs> this hotel that shall not be named. We basically, we get there and they're renovating, which is fine if you're not staying there. The walls are freshly painted, which looks nice. But as we roll in, there's tile, uh, pallets of tile that are strapped up and just sitting outside. I go in to check in and there's a nice place there's a nice uh, eating area for like your cottonelle breakfast and in a corner they have cordon off they have tvs that are not out of the boxes they've got toilets that are still in the boxes there's toilets sitting alongside of a hallway then you walk into our room and the the first thing we notice is that our bathroom is uh, light is on and the fan is going and you go to turn off the light and you can't turn off the light because there is a light light switch panel but there's no light switch just tape over it so you can't do anything about it so when we want to go to sleep at night we have to close the door so we can actually sleep and that's kind of hard too because our (laughs) beds are crinkly making weird noises like they're gonna fall apart and slanted weird and we have a nice air conditioner which we thought would be cool because it's about 80 90 degrees about the whole time well there's a lot of dirt in the air conditioner, and when you turn it on, it smells like crap. So we never use that. And then, you know, we were thinking that this place must be built on an Indian burial ground or something like that, because or a cemetery, because there's this light that's in this corner, and then at a certain time at night, it turns off. And then we leave for the next morning for Gen Con, come back, the light is on again, and then a certain time at night, it turns off again. <laughs> so, needless to say, this hotel is not up to snuff. The, we actually found out that this hotel is actually pushing away people because they overbooked, and we're wondering, how did we end up in this place? So, you also forgot about the dumpsters. So, when we parked in our parking spot, we'd have to walk past this dumpster where they would throw everything in from their renovations. I'm using air quotes right now. Because I don't really know exactly what it looked like before we got there. But the whole one end of the dumpster was gone. And there were toilets sitting in there. And you had to walk past this dumpster to get into the the door to the place that shall not be named. And there were toilets one day. The next day, there were boxes to an air conditioner or air conditioners, but then I thought, well, obviously, we're not getting one of them. Just, it was it was interesting. People were sitting that worked there on trashed furniture that was sitting in the parking lot. 
and then it would sit in the parking lot and then they moved to the grass and then it looked like they were burning stuff in barrels. I don't know. It was interesting. Thank God we only slept there. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, luckily we were at Gen Con most of the time, so we didn't have to worry about it. So already before we had even gone to the convention center, we were already, we were already, we already felt like we had lived one lifetime through all the things that had happened in you know the span of you know twelve hours or whatever. But come to Gen Con, we get there, and for being sold out, and for being so many people there. I felt like they, I felt like Juncon really the people that worked there, the staff, everybody for the most part was really nice and really good at, you know, getting people in and out and like it just it didn't seem like it was like, as crazy as it could have been. I mean, granted there was, every once in a while you'd have the whole elbow to elbow thing where it'd be kind of a kind of a mess, but like I didn't feel like it was like overpowering or like mm. you know i didn't feel like it was anything that was too ridiculous no know? it was tolerable so let's talk about some of the games that we were kind of excited about so coming into gen con some of the big things that were really you know popular at the time that people were kind of excited about we actually kind of missed i think i kind of blame myself because tracy was kind of like oh let's oh we gotta get oh we got you know and i was like okay we can wait you know there's some other things that we were kind of thinking about that you know that we really wanted to there's some older games that we hadn't just hadn't played yet and we're thinking well maybe we should look here and see if there's something we can find out so some of the big things that were huge for gen con like your uh scott pilgrim the card game from renegade the Monster Box of Monsters from USAopoly. For Harry Potter. Yep. The Cities of Splendor from Space Cowboys. What else? Photosynthesis oh. by Blue Orange Games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a lot of these games that everybody was just kind of, you know, looking for. Like, I'll just say right away, like, Renegade was killing it. I mean, they really were. They had Scott Pilgrim. They had Sentient flip ships they um and then they kind of dropped a bomb that during the con they came out with clank in space and so everybody's like what what do you mean clank in space you know everybody you know it seems like everybody loves clank but what about clank in space you know so everybody's you know just losing their minds and i will say this is one point where i kind of dropped the ball because tracy (laughs) was like we need to get this like now and I was like, no, we can wait, you know, and of course it sold out. And then eventually, I think on Saturday, they said they were going to have like limited copies and then sell out or whatever. But I can't remember if that... I think it was gone by Friday. They just sold out completely and weren't, weren't able to get any. So that was kind of my fault. But I think when it comes to going and grabbing the games that you want, like I I feel like that's where we kind of failed last time when we went a couple years ago. We were like, oh, let's just get this, this, and this. And then we... By the time we bought so many things, we kind of missed out on the other things that we were really kind of excited about. Well, I think the last time that we went, it we were so hyped up and it was the experience and we didn't know where we were going and what we were doing and we were just like in awe. And this time I think we went, we knew how much we were able to spend. We knew more about the game companies. We had a... I think a better understanding of like what we were looking for 
and the impact that the games have on people on other people Mm -hmm. and when they were going to go. And so I think for you, you were really adamant to like not make a drastic purchase right away. But unfortunately, if we wanted to get that big popular game or whatever, we had to do it. What day did they open the vendor hall? See, I had no concept of time the entire (laughs) time I was there, what day it was or anything. So we'd have to get it Thursday and or Friday or all the stuff was selling out like the popular ones and i have no regrets on not getting some of them because i'm glad to get the ones that we got Mm -hmm. because we got some other ones that were outside of our box i do kick myself or i should kick you maybe (laughs) on some of them just because i'm kind of bummed we did end up getting we stood in line the first day and got photosynthesis and then that sold out by what friday or early saturday or something because Thursday wasn't a prime day for people to be there. So we ended up getting out Friday. And man, I was carrying that baby around all day on Thursday. And people were saying things to me left and right about how awesome that game looks. And how excited they were to play it. Because it, they basically released it. Blue Orange Games released it on Thursday. Or at Gen Con, I should say. So, which is, a, it's a really cool game. Yep. Side note. Yep, we actually finally got to play it. <laughs> recently so it was nice to play that it's it's beautiful it's it's thinky but it's also i think something that's easy to learn for just about anybody Mm -hmm. so it was cool that we finally got we got got one of the hot games (laughs) we did and it and i think that what we chose to get was i think we made a good choice i'm bummed that we didn't get some of the other ones but We'll get them. It's not like they're not going to sell them. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have everything first. No, exactly. And even we went to, uh, Logan wanted to spend his money to get some some dice. And so we went to Games by James and they already had the monster box of monsters Mm -hmm. for Harry Potter. So it was And it was probably the same price as what they had at Gen Con. Yeah. So some of them are going to release them to retail right away and some of them aren't. Yeah. So we might just have to wait. Or we'll have to wait a long time because we don't have any money now, but yeah, whatever. Exactly. But we were able to get some of the things that we really, really wanted to get from, from you know, a ways back here even. Like we grabbed Santorini for a good price, 25 bucks, and then we got a couple of promos. Also, we went, the guy that was selling them through their sister seller or whatever, they said, well, if you just bring your bring your receipt over to Roxley, that they'll give you a, another couple of uh, God promos. So we got four promos. So that you know, that's a big thing about getting stuff at the con- uh, at the convention too, is that you get promos for certain things. Yep. Also, we, I was able to we were able to meet the awesome uh, Jason Kratarski from Green Couch Games. He was able to we were able to preview the, the day, day the Earth explodes. The day the Earth explodes, and uh, so then as we were talking to him, he was just a good guy, and we'd heard lots of good things about his game, so we were able to buy. Uh, Rocky Alamode, and then we f- uh, we also bought Fidelitas, and then got some promos for Fidelitas. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. But then next to him, we were able to finally meet one of our awesome friends, Helena Capel from from Kids Table Gaming. It was awesome to talk to her, and we actually got to find out some exclusives about a game that's coming out for them on Kickstarter, and a game that they're going to be re-releasing. So I'd like to play for you now the interview with Helena Capel describing just that. Hey guys, MFG Cast, Kurt here. And Tracy. And we're here with Helena Capel, 
from Kids Table Gaming. It's actually nice to see you finally in the flesh. Yes, it's nice to see you too. <laughs> so it's Friday here, so we haven't really gotten into the big flock of everybody, but what's your uh, Gen Con experience so far? It's been crazy busy. We were here for the first time last year, and it was busy. But uh, this year they sold out, and it, you can feel it. Like they, People walk into the vendor hall, and they are going straight to what they want right away, and then filling the aisles. And just, you know, I had, didn't stop demoing yesterday. I didn't have a moment to breathe. It was so fantastic. It's really great. That's awesome. So... So is it is it a thing where is everybody just coming and looking and you like I, I'd like to know your experience with that because <laughs> when you're at Gen Con you get some people that are really good about coming in and just grabbing somebody hey we're gonna play this game you know come take a look at it what's your strategy with that are you a little more relaxed with that you just be like okay well this is what I have and you know hey come play it you know what's your, what's your strategy for that well the there are a lot of people who come straight to our booth actually and it's because we sort of have a weight of game that's between like Peaceable Kingdom where it's very young um, and games for, for adults so we've got that mid-ground so they know we're here they come to see what's new so that that piece is really nice and people are building the collections that they already have of kids table um, that they bought from here last year so that, that's really nice I'm not aggressively running out into the aisles and trying to get people to come to the booth but when they wander over and see the beautiful artwork, it's really easy to engage them and have them, uh, you know, just ask them, would you like a demo? Do you want to play a game? And because our games are short as well, 15 to 20 minutes, it's really easy to get through a game when someone's standing there. So um, I am passively aggressive, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. So there are some people that will be, li be listening that aren't here that wish they were here. So, you know, just kind of tell them, you know, exactly what, you know, what are you demoing? What are you selling right now? I mean, we've probably talked about it in the past, but I just want to give people another update about what, you know, what you got playing. Because there's some things that I, there's one thing that I've seen that we've played the prototype of that we haven't seen the, uh, the final uh, issue of. And we've seen it. It looks beautiful. So why don't you tell us about it? So we have Food Fighters, that's the first game that we published, and it's almost sold out, um, so we're excited about that, maybe looking into a second print run. So that game you were talking about was Problem Picnic Attack of the Ants. We've got that for sale here, it's at retail now as well, uh, it's been since June doing very well. And in fact, we have Scott Alms, who's the designer of it, coming to our booth tomorrow to sign some games and do some demos, so that, that's really exciting. And then we have a new game that's coming to Kickstarter in October called Haunt the House. It's a set collection, a bit of press your luck game where you're playing a ghost in a house that you're haunting and you are trying to scare ghost hunters out of the house, having them drop their gear, collecting them as sets. And it is so absolutely gorgeous. We hired an artist this time. Josh wanted to do the art direction and wanted to see what it was like to work with another artist on a game. So we hired Apolline Etienne, and she is incredibly talented. The game is absolutely beautiful. You should come to the booth and take a look at take a look at the game. It's really beautiful. And yesterday we announced from the second brand that I began, Burnt Island Games that we will be reissuing Endeavor. 
which is a highly sought after game. It's number 172 on BGG. It might actually, the last couple of days, it might have changed. Getting notifications daily, people are still engaged in it. It hasn't been, it hasn't been published, or it was published nine years ago, I believe, and people are still engaged, which is, which is really amazing. So that, that's really exciting. Well, for the people that may not know what Endeavor is, why don't you tell us a little bit of what Endeavor actually is about? Endeavor is a colonization shipping area control game where you are trying to spread your colonies around the world and, and have, the most, have the most colonies. It's a really fantastic, engaging game, very uh, simple and light. Yet it doesn't feel simple in light. There, there are a few rules, but the way they fit together really makes it feel like a much, much deeper game. So um, I started playing it right after it was printed because my husband Josh was the artist on the game. So we, we got one of the first copies. It quickly became my favorite game. Interestingly enough, it really was the game that brought me into the board gaming world. And uh, after a couple of years of realizing there wasn't going to be a reprint, I would just say to Josh all the time, why is Z-Man not doing it? Why isn't any other company doing anything with this game? It's so incredible. And uh, in the end, it turned out that I get to publish it, which is so fantastic. So I'm, I'm actually partnering with Grand Gamers Guild, um, Mark Spector from Grand Gamers Guild, and we're doing a bunch of amazing stuff to uh, make the game. It's hard to make the game better because it's already incredible, but we're adding some stuff to it that really fits in with the theme and mechanically works very, very well. Nice. So is there, is there anything at this time that you can kind of spoil about what you're going to do to leave your mark on that? Well, one of the things that I feel is really incredible is we've added exploits. And when two different regions of the world are open, or when the different regions of the world open, it brings a new story to the game, where you have extra abilities to earn points, and for example, like when the Caribbean and the Far East open, historically there are connections between the two, so there'll be a story that connects the two in the game, we'll call them exploits, um, and yeah, we're gonna edit that. Out. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> I know that's what I said. She's she's like, you got to be clear and concise, and I'm like, that's what editing is for. Make me sound better than I am. It sounds like you guys got a lot going on, which is awesome. It it's starting from food fighters, and now you've got this. Now you've got this other company that you work with, Burnt Island. So are there any things in the future that like I'm I understand like it's it's coming up, you know, but. It's probably some things that are, you know, not quite blossoming. But is there anything else that, that maybe you know about that you're just really excited about that you're kind of in the works of grabbing? I do have something, but I can't talk about it yet. It's a contract. Come on! I, I can't. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Uh, talk to me in three months. Okay. We'll do that. Okay. Talk to me in three months. Nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So, again, Elena, thank you for coming on, talking with us. It's always awesome to talk to you and it's awesome to see you in the flesh and we're gonna go play some awesome games and go see their games so um if you're interested join uh find kids table gaming on facebook find them on twitter um you can always talk to helena directly because she's always awesome to talk to and uh, go out there and try their games because we've had we, we've had nothing but fun
Thank you guys so much. You're amazing. You are so incredibly supportive and you have no idea how appreciative I am and we are of you guys. And you're just awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. So that was cool to talk to Helena and find out about um, Haunt the House, which looks really cool. The cover art kind of looks like what they have for Foo Fighters, so I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about the game or the Kickstarter coming out in October. And I'm also excited about them releasing Endeavor, so it'll be cool to kind of check that out by Burnt Island Games. A couple of games that we actually got to play, nothing that was you know super new. We got to play Cobra Paw, which is a fun little dexterity game that we got that we thought Logan would love to play. Uh, we got to play Hero Realms finally for the first time. I know that's old hat for everybody else, but Tracy wanted to play me and whoop me completely in it, which she did. And then Screw we, in. yeah, and then we got to play The Captain Is Dead by AEG. That was really fun. Just cool to uh, finally play that game. It kind of has like somebody said it was like the most Star Trekky game that's not a Star Trek game, and I really think that that's what it was. We got to play four players, and we got to win, which was cool. A lot of people uh, here, a lot of people don't win that game too much, so it was kind of cool to win the game. It was hard. Yeah. So you know, you know, unfortunately, we didn't play you know as many games as we'd wanted to you know originally. But it was just cool to just have these experiences and talk to all these different people. You know, this is the first year that I we were actually able to get a press pass, so I was able to just meet all these cool people and get to talk to them and stuff like that. One of the first things I got to do when I when we first got there is for about four hours, I actually got to play with friend of the show Taylor LaBrush. I got to play a fun game called The Quiet Year. It's an RPG basically where you have a deck of cards and these cards are labeled just like a regular uh, 52 standard deck of cards but what you do is you have this empty map and then when you're describing things you so what you do is you have that map and then every time you draw a card and it goes through the different seasons it goes through spring summer autumn and fall or in winter so this is how it is so the active player draws a card and then interprets it and then you follow all the bold instructions. And as you're doing these things, these that drawing that card and describing what you're talking about, you write something on this empty map and you create the story. And then during during the game, you also get to do one action. You can discover something new. So you introduce a new situation, you draw it on the map. You hold a discussion where you just pick a topic about anything that's been happening and you hold a discussion and everybody, starting with the player on your right and going clockwise, or I, I think we did it counterclockwise, it doesn't matter. Everybody gets to say something in a character voice or a voice of the crowd and you basically talk about what's going on or you start a project and you decide in how many weeks you take a six-sided die and you take you decide how many weeks it's gonna take to, to, to uh, finish that project. And when the project is done, whoever started the project gets to write what happens and kind of you know elaborate. So as you go through these cards, it just kind of creates the scene. And the story of the the story of the quiet year is basically um, the frost shepherds come through and they annihilate everything and you have one year to build it. And so it's just it's cool it's this cool little game where it's got a lot of interaction. Even if you're a crappy drawer and all you can draw is little stick figures, that's fine. It's more about the story of it, but when we did it, we had a nice little a nice little map and a nice story, and everybody that we played with was just phenomenal and worked together well. And even when things were kind of butting heads, like I had a character that I just wanted to like make everybody not like me, and there was times where they had 
uh, they had a conflict dice. And you don't use these conflict dice. What happens is if somebody says something or does something you don't like, you just take a conflict dice. And it's basically just showing your, dispro your disapproval of things. But also what you can do is if you really like something, you can take that conflict dice and you can put it back and say, hey, you did something good. The experience was just amazing. Taylor was saying that he this is the best he's ever experience he's ever had with it, and that it was just cool for him to play that. So yeah, so that was just that was a ton of fun. I mean, that's another thing I wish I that's another thing I wish I would have done, is we were walking around and I I uh, seen that the Quiet Year was on sale there too, and I really wanted to get it and I passed it up because I. It's funny I. Sometimes I, I feel bad about grabbing role-playing stuff when we're at stuff like this because I want to buy more games that I could play with Tracy. But she even said that, she, you know, you should get it. And then I passed up because I'm a loser and I didn't. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I didn't buy any role-playing stuff, which, again, I one of these days I will do it because I need to because I need to get to play more role-playing stuff because I want to learn more. But we also, speaking of role-playing stuff... I was able to come in contact with Andrew and Lise from Shapeways. They help supply Hero Forge with dice and miniatures and terrain for Hero Forge and to work with you to make your role-playing experiences and your game experiences more user-friendly. So I was able to talk with Andrew Thomas, the community manager of Shapeways, about some of the certain products that they have. And they are amazing. I'll post some uh, pictures up on the website to kind of show you some of the things that they had. So we got to talk to ta uh, talk to Andrew and here's a little snippet from us talking with him about some of the great products that they have. I'm here with Andrew from Shapeways. If you don't know what Shapeways is, Shapeways is a company that makes a lot of miniatures, dice, terrain, a lot of fun stuff. They also help supply Hero Forge. I'm sure you've heard of Hero Forge. We've talked about it. Actually, we've talked about it with uh, uh, James D'Amato for one shot. So, so you know, this is the place if you want to find just the best and uh, stuff to kind of upgrade your game and really make it more than just what's in the mind. I'll just hand it over to Andrew. Why don't you tell us about some of the products that you're really excited about that you're that you're kind of talking about uh, during this con? Sure. Um, hey, yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm Andrew Thomas. I'm a community manager for Shapeways. Uh, we are a 3D printing service and marketplace. Uh, we take digital files and turn them into physical products. Uh, so someone can take their own 3D model file, upload it to our website, choose over 60 different materials, we'll quote you instantly, um, and order it for yourself, or you can put that for sale in the marketplace and sell to other people. So I guess you guys can't see, but uh, here we have uh, a bunch of really awesome designers who are creating great products for uh, tabletop and wargaming. Um, we have toys, we have all sorts of things. And to answer your question, one of my favorite products is this, uh, this double-sized um, Thorn D20 uh, by Ceramic Wombat. It, lo it, looks, it looks both dangerous and amazing. It's, yeah, it's, it's as beautiful as it is scary. <laughs> I, I just think this thing is gorgeous. It's, you know, it's, it does all the things that you wouldn't expect from a normal die. It's, it's hollow. You can see right through it. It's geometric. Yeah, Chuck just does like, beautiful work, and that, that's what really excites me the most about 3D printing in Shapeways is that we're, we're enabling uh, the community. We're enabling fans. We're enabling um, you know, artists and, and kind of people who just have an idea to make that come to life and have it hold it in their hands. Yeah, that's a great idea because, I mean, 
who doesn't want their fifth level ranger made into a miniature? I mean, come on. I mean, that's exciting. Exactly. You can take take that thing that you have from concept. You can draw it, or you can, you know, maybe if you have somebody that can, you know, you know, that's a little more talented, you then you can come up with that concept, send it to Shapeways, and hopefully they can make what what you're what you've been dreaming about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. Um, you know, obviously, if you know 3D design software, uh, you just come on the website, you drop in STL. OBJ, very common file formats. If you are not familiar with 3D design, you want to learn, we have a lot of tutorials uh, that can show you how to get started. Um, we have some easy creator apps. We were just talking about uh, a Meeple creator that you can do very, very nice. simply. Um, that's really fun. Uh, or you can get connected with uh, one of the designers in our Designer for Hire program. Um, a lot of our shop owners uh, will take commissions. Um, so we, it's just like, you know, we're a good place for people who, who want to make things to meet up and, and Create the things that they have ideas about. Um, another, I, I know that yeah, we're bringing these out so you can see these. Um, you know, everyone can imagine what I'm describing. Um, oh, this the, is a, they'll see uh, it. We'll post oh, the we'll pictures too. Pictures too. You All betcha, right. we will. Great. Uh, so this is a Kraken D20. Uh, I think this is. If this thing was scary, then this thing is like the worst nightmare. It's so terrifying. <laughs> Can you imagine stepping on that? No, not oh, at all. No. <laughs> um, so this is really cool. This is by Envenomate, uh, who's another shop owner on our website. Um, he he's a, also a marine biologist, which is sort of sweet. So he oh, nice. he knows all about these. Uh, these crazy, you know, squid-like forms. You can see it has the tentacles and it's got the mouth and everything. Yeah, it's got a lot of great um, detail to it. Right? And, and so, yeah, I, I love it because I think that there's a lot of... I've come to Gen Con before and I've never seen anything like the, these dice or yeah. things that people are making. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, so it's interesting because, you know, not only do you guys give a platform for what people do, but you also kind of work with that and you have... you almost kind of in a way you just kind of uh, evolve with them so kind of tell us of the process of you know how you started out you know just making one thing and now you've kind of made it more more customer friendly sure uh, the company was founded in the Netherlands by our, our uh, founder uh, Pete Weimerhausen yeah. um, and he had the uh, idea uh, that you know he, he saw 3D printing and he wanted to make this available to everyone um, and so the, the kind of secret sauce for all the processes that we use is that we choose these really large industrial 3D printers that do very high detail, but they can also do lots and lots of products all at once. Um, and that's what kind of makes us different from owning your own 3D printer, like a, a rep wrap kind of based machine, um, is that we can do higher quality and we can, because we have the volume, because we can just constantly be churning things out and we've uh, really improved um, we've gotten very creative with a lot of our, our manufacturing processes. Mm -hmm. We can produce those at reasonable prices. Nice. Um, so these are machines that cost half a million dollars, but we can give them to you at, at you know a price that won't kill you to uh, make make your own miniature. Yeah. Um, and so by doing that, uh, you know, first by just letting people order themselves, and then by creating a marketplace so that you know if you didn't know how to design, right? Like, it, at first, the barrier is, um, oh, I can't manufacture something because it costs thousands of dollars to make a mold. And then if you now you can print it and you can get this for ten dollars. And then you know you, if you don't know how to design anything, you can work with someone else or you can find something that someone has already made to make it really really easy for this to be available to anyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've just been building tools and and um, you know building a community 
uh, that can come together to to make all these things more and more accessible yeah. over the years. Nice, that's great. Well, you can you can tell that everything is super high quality. I mean, you're you know a lot of people when they see this kind of stuff, a lot of times I'm sure when they take a look, they're they're kind of intimidated because of how high quality it is, they're thinking, well, you know, maybe this is something that maybe I just, I can't afford, but you guys do it in such a way where it's so customer friendly that it's it's easily accessible and everybody will be able to, you know, afford that one thing and, you know, make the one thing that just really is going to step up their game, whether they're playing Pathfinder, whether they're playing, you know, any of the smaller um, you know, smaller games and stuff like that. I mean, it's just great to see that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really exciting. And it lets people think about their hobbies differently because I think before, you you know, you have to wait for a manufacturer to make something, you kind of choose something from the shelf, right? There's a couple of options. Um, you know, and now you can, if you think about it, you can make it. And so once you start approaching things from that perspective of like, oh, I really would like, you know, um, this guy to have a special weapon or this thing to have a, a different face or an insignia on it or something like that. All of a sudden, that's an option, and that makes you think about the next thing you're going to do, and the next thing, and the next thing. And so it becomes kind of addictive as well. Yeah, yeah. Said, that you're like, you know, I just want to, having something out of the box doesn't feel as cool, you know? Yeah. It's, it's cool to customize, and it's cool to make it unique and make it make it make things your own. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I you know I've said this before, but I know a lot of pe- a lot of different people that get into the collection, especially of like miniatures and stuff like that. Once they make one, they're going to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once you once you you make one, then you're you're hooked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, okay, I need to make this horde now or you know, now I need to make, you know, these you know, characters in the party that I'm actually running a game for, you know, yeah. so then I can surprise them and be like, "Hey, guess what, guys? Not only do we have this thing in our mind, we kind of wrote it down, but hey, I've got some miniatures now. Look exactly what you wanted. They look, yeah, exactly. You don't need to be using placeholders for things all the time. You know, you can have the the exact thing that you're envisioning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great. And I, the community makes it better because you can talk to other people and you can kind of get ideas from them and get inspired all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm always really excited about it. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell us the different ways that people can reach you if they want to grab this amazing, th- these amazing things. Sure. Um, so if you, I guess if you were at the Gen Con show and you wanted to see the things that we have on the table and, and purchase them, um, obviously everything is on shapeways.com. You can go to shapeways.com slash go slash Gen Con and you'll see the whole list of products that we have. Uh, we're also doing a raffle right now that we'll choose at the end of the show so you can win $100 if you sign up there. If you want to reach out to us on social, it's at Shapeways on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest. Um, so, you know, there's an easy way to find us there and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other useful things to do there. Check out our forums. We have uh, a great community in there so if you ever have a technical question, there's someone who knows a lot about uh, 3D design and, and they can help you out. If you're looking for someone to help you design, that's a good place to go too. Yeah. Um, if you are looking to ask me a question, it's at Athomatron on social. Uh, yeah, I think that, that covers it for me. <laughs> getting, yeah. <laughs> getting a look like yeah. <laughs> No, that's all right. Yeah. Hey, you gotta get all you gotta get all the things, otherwise someone's gonna be like, Yeah, you missed right? something. You missed something, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's going on? Oh, Discount code. If you want a discount off stuff, uh, you can use the code GENCON17, all caps, um, and that's 17% off your, your first order. Nice, nice. So you, you get a deal off your first order, you get to see how amazing these products are, and I mean, just seeing it here live by, you know, 
with my own eyes. I mean, it's it, it's amazing. So I go out there, get your stuff done, get it made. If you have any questions, they're more than happy to help. The cool thing about the community is that they're always there for you, regardless of if it's a business or not. So thank you, Andrew, yeah, for coming. Well, and, right. what, are there things that you have been trying to 3D print? Uh, not, not yet. But yeah. now, now that you're now that you're saying that, I'm like, well, now I'm running some. I'm running a and D campaign with my friends, so I'm thinking, well, I gotta get my characters made and yeah. get their characters made because, I mean, I know once they see that, it's gonna blow their mind. So. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be really cool. I, I, I want to see it. Please let me know. Yeah, 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 for sure. And thanks again, Andrew, for coming on and talk to us. Thank you. So, guys, if you're really interested in Shapeways products, you got to go to Shapeways.com. I like the whole trying to get your RPG character made into your little miniature, and they're actually affordable, too. So go to Shapeways.com. Check it out. It is awesome. I was able to get a nice little Celtic D20 from them, and it is awesome. My son Logan wouldn't stop touching it and leaving it alone, so you know that it's good when he just cut eyeballing it and rolling it all the time. Speaking of awesome experiences, Tracy got to play in a tournament, something I will probably never have the guts to do, but I'm going to work on it, and you were able to do something fun. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, Kurt was playing his four-hour RPG of... The Quiet Year. The Quiet Year. I couldn't remember what it was called <laughs> for a second there. I had signed up for Buffy Win a Big Box um, by Upper Deck. Upper Deck was a huge or the primary sponsor of Gen Con 50 this year. And um, I had signed up for Win a Big Box. I thought, what the heck? I thought that, like months ago when we signed up to go to Gen Con. And it kind of changed my mind a little bit. <laughs> I didn't even think you were going to go at first. I didn't think I was going to go either. I was chickening out. I started um, going back into my shell a little bit. I like playing games, but I like playing games with people that I know. Or at least somebody that I know. So Kurt... Um, was role-playing. I was visiting with some guy eating a brat on the floor for a long time and then wandered around for a while and then um, decided, what do I have to lose? I probably won't see these people again. Um, Big deal. I'll learn this new game. If I don't win, who cares? I'll have had fun. So I show up. And I had paid for it, too. Not much, but I thought it'll um, waste some time um, while Kurt's doing his thing. Um, So I show up and um, get seated by a couple girls um, to play the game. And then they ended up having a couple other people show up and they moved to another table. And so I ended up around um, this couple who had flown to Gen Con from Australia Um, They had been there a couple of years ago, um, but they were awesome. They were super duper nice. I wish that I would have run into them again or that Kurt and I would have run into them again. But of course, you know, there's a lot of people there and we didn't see them again. Kind of bummed about that. And I hope to see them again in another year or another year that we're at Gen Con. And then another two guys. One guy was super nice. The other guy was nice, but he was, like, very competitive. He was really rushy in the game. And that was kind of annoying because I hadn't played the game. 
because it just literally got released at Gen Con and they were playing, a few of the people that I was playing with had tried it prior to this Buffy Winnebox just to see what it was like, but I hadn't, of course, because that was smart. Why try it ahead of time? And so we played the game. It's Buffy Legendary Big Box. So if you've played the Marvel Legendary games, this one is a little bit different. They It has its own mat and some light and dark markers. I guess it has a lot of characters from the Buffy show. I don't watch Buffy, so I have no idea. Rumor has it that I should watch Buffy and I might might just do that. Anyway, after playing for, gosh, just over an hour... I had found a card that worked really well because we were kind of getting our butts handed to us um, by one of the characters, and it seemed to work for me very well. I was picking up um, bystanders left and right, and if you've played Legendary, you know that bystanders count as points towards the end of the game points, and I ended up scoring the most points and won the Buffy Big Box. (laughs) And Kurt had texted me maybe, what, 20 minutes or so after I had finished winning the game. But I was talking to my newly made friends from Australia, so I didn't know that he had texted. And when I let him know that I won, because he had texted me and said, hey, so did you win, as kind of a joke, when I replied back to tell him that I won, he didn't, I don't think he believed me. I didn't believe you at all. I was talking to Taylor and I'm like... What? She's, I think she's, she's playing, you know, and Taylor's like, she what? And I'm like, I think she won. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have faith in me. <laughs> Not that Her- I didn't have faith in you. It's just like, when you think of a tournament, you think of like, like lots of people playing for this one thing. I didn't well, think it wasn't it- a tournament. See, that's what I thought. Oh, it was just, yeah, there were like quads of different there were like four different stations of people playing games, and then the next timing, there were another four different sections of people playing the game again. So, you know, you had about, what, how many people did I say that was? Four, four people playing with me. So at each table or each area of the game, people had the opportunity to win. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So how many tables did they have then? I don't know if there were four games going on when, or no, four including ours going on when I was playing. And then maybe when we were done, there was another four that were going to start. I don't, they had a lot going on. It was like two ballrooms opened up for Upper Deck. Yeah. And then when they found out I won, they just put my information for my badge on a piece of paper and then they had like a retail section in that area that I went and collected the game. Nice. 60 bucks, 60 dollar game. Yeah. And you Kurt, only paid 8 bucks to get into $8. it. $8. Yep. So Kurt and I haven't played it yet. I'm going to show him how to play it probably after this recording. Yeah. It's legendary. I'm going to like it. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter if I don't know the source material or not. Yeah, I and like I said I think I might try watching it just because, but it was pretty cool for not wanting to show up. And stepping outside my box to go and try it out, I thought, hey, I was so proud. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. And I met cool people. Speaking of Upper Deck, Tracy Amular. <laughs> it's weird that I just said that. We were able to make an appointment with Upper Deck to talk to Jason Brenner, the senior manager of digital games of Upper Deck, to talk about legendary DXP. 
it's basically the legendary app that they made. It's got a fantasy world. It plays exactly like legendary, except for it. You have a little more of an experience, and just all the fun little things that go into it. And I'll let Jason kind of explain a little more in detail. So take a listen to our interview with Jason Brenner. Hey guys, MFG Cast Kurt here. I'm here with Jason Brenner from Upper Deck. So let's talk legendary. Legendary, legendary, legendary. It's everything right now. It's like legendary, Marvel legendary, legendary encounters, uh, the coming soon Buffy legendary. I mean, out now Buffy legendary. Out now. Well, here out now. Out now Buffy legendary. Yeah, exactly. My wife was lucky, lucky to win a box of Buffy the, awesome. our, a couple days ago. So it's all legendary every day. But we're here to talk about the the app, the legendary DXP. Um, how did this come about? I mean, obviously, it's all important. It's something that you want to get to the masses. But you know, what was that decision to finally make it digital? Uh, an incredibly selfish reason. <laughs> because I love playing Legendary, and I just don't have enough people around me at my house that, that I can play at the table. So after about year one, when Legendary was picking up steam and growing rapidly, I was like, I just want to play all the time, and I want to play more and more and more. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I do a digital version, right? So, literally, I would say it's about four years in the making. Wow. Um, you know, and I, we've been going hard on it the last year. But, uh, yeah, it really stemmed from me wanting to play anytime, anywhere, any way I could. So that, that's how it came about. And, you know, as the years went on, because it's been out for about five years, Legendary has been out for about five years now. Uh, I keep hearing it at Gen Con, at Origins, any show I go to, Gamma, it doesn't matter. Hey, when's a mobile version? And I'm like, well, clearly there's going to be a demand for it. Yeah. More than me, people want to see it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we just decided that it's it's now really time to pull the trigger and get serious about it. Nice. Yeah. Well, before we talk about what it is, you know, it, it looks like it almost has a, you know, it has a fantasy feel to it. So, you know, why did you come out with something that is a little more unique and something that people haven't seen other than just being like, well, hey, we could put Legendary Marvel or Legendary Buffy and then just kind of go from there. Right. Well, you know, I think, you know, everybody has, um, well, to, honestly, I just wanted to do something different. Yeah. To be totally fair, I wanted to do something different. And anytime you do a licensed good, either whether it's physical or digital, there's a lot of challenges. And, you know, some of those challenges come in the form of restrictions and things like that. So knowing this is going to go to a digital platform, there's a lot of things that I wanted to do digitally that I wasn't sure uh, we could do with a licensed good. I mean, like card effects, changing things from, you know, the look of this card, changing it because in Legendary, things do change. You know, this card becomes something else, and this card does another thing now. When you're playing at the table, you just have to use your imagination. It's theater of the mind at that point. You know, well, the Master Strike is now a different thing, or the Scheme Twist is a different thing. Well, in our game, we can make it the different thing. And we can do, like I said, different effects on cards. And I think it just made the most sense to create our own IP. Because at this point, I do believe that Legendary has a following because of the gameplay. Okay. The gameplay is rock solid. It has, I mean, we're 15 expansions in over five years. That says something. Yes. So I felt like we're at a point where people just want to play the game. I don't think they're as concerned about what's on the cards. So 
we took a chance and you know rolled with this new Alamith is our world and it's a fantasy IP like you said but it's a cool mix it's like dragons and people and you know sorcerers and leprechauns leprechauns man 100% more leprechauns <laughs> right and I think the outcome is is excellent I've heard nothing but good things on the look it's, everybody comes up to like it's stellar it's stellar looking so yeah that's why we went in the direction we did all right well let's let's talk about the gameplay then so obviously it's going to play a little similar to the legendary you know what are some of the unique things that people are going to find out when they're playing this game that may be a little different than what they've seen the number one thing you will see instantly is and i've been hearing this for years and I, i'm i'm guilty of it myself legendary is a great game i love it but set up takes a while right tear down takes a while you got to search through your 3,000, 3,500 cards at this point to try to figure out what here, you know, all that kind of stuff. While that's cool, it takes a while. Legendary, at the push of a button, all that's taken care of. That is a huge benefit. Um, you can get through games in like 10 minutes right now. It's nice. great. Wow. Uh, the other thing is customization. Like we can physically customize, or not physically, but like we can customize the look of anything in game. So, you know, I'm a card sleeve. I sleeve every game I own, for the most part. Yeah, there's a couple I don't. Um, but I would say 9 out of 10 games are sleeved in my own collection. Well, once you sleeve them, that's all you got. It's just that one look. We have hundreds of different like hardbacks you can choose from, uh, different playmats you can choose from, and it just gives like a really cool different experience. We do like foil. Uh, you can have like the standard card look, or you can make them look like a foil-treated card. There's like animated cards in there. You can't do that on the physical side. And people, people are going to be foaming at the mouth for that. I already know, because I already know a couple of my friends that are like, okay, so you can get sleeve bags, you can get the, the, you know, the, the physical mat, you know, it's, it's right. on the game. But still, it's all, everything that you would want to get, regardless if you have the money, you, you can see it now. And, right. you, and it's there for you. Right, 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 right. So that's, that's one thing that I think is the most unique about this version versus the physical version. Okay. So... So go, take us through the gameplay then. You know, it seems pretty similar. So is there anything out there, is there anything that's in there that people are going to see that they're going to be taken surprised by that maybe they haven't seen? Yeah, so I think the first thing is you can, when you jump into the game, you have several different options here. I'll show you here. We're talking about it. You can do quick match, which if you do quick match, it just puts you into a random match with a random person in a random place, right? Quick and easy. Yeah. You can do solo, where you can either play against the AI or play a true solo match with just alone. Okay, you can do play versus your friends. So anytime anybody has the app, you can download it or not download it. You can have them download it. Um, you guys exchange usernames, you add each other, boom, and then you hit versus friends. If they're online, play them instantly. Okay, here's the big one: Gauntlet. Gauntlet is something that we don't have in the physical version. It's a tournament. Okay, so to meet a soon as five players enter, tournament starts. And it's straight up, um, it's a cutthroat event, it's not co-op, this is straight about winning. And it's, if, like, here's the breakdown, like first through fifth, you get in-game currency. Also, uh, the gauntlet logs right into our uh, website, playlegendarydxp.com, and there's leaderboards on there. And depending on where you are at the end of like the weekly league, and I'll show you here, there's a weekly league. Depending on where you fall, Top 50 get 500 gold, top 100 get an ultra rare card, which you can only get in game. 
Nice. So it pays to grind through the gauntlet. Gauntlet's going to be good. <laughs> and that's the biggest play difference. Yeah, yeah. And I love that idea because there's, you know, you can have the legendary, but, you know, if you don't have anybody to play it, then, you know, where are you at? Right. So it's nice. Plus, you get the, you know, the people that you've talked to, you know, here and abroad that you can play with anytime you want. So you, sure. you have that aspect. We got a lot of people already in Europe that are playing because we've been in uh, closed beta for about two months. Game launched like two days ago, but we have people from all over the world that were involved in that beta. And they're on our uh, Discord channel, they're on our social media. So there's a big community already. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so we've talked. I think we've talked about a lot of the stuff that you can find with uh, legendary uh, DXP. But how can people grab a hold of this? Where can they find it? What do they have to do? Easy, 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 easy. Just go to the App Store right now. It's available today on iOS for iPad. Um, like I said, it's coming in October for Android, and December will be on Steam. Nice. So cross the board, and it's good to point out. It's all cross-platform. So Android plays with PC, iOS plays with Android, no problem. And it's one account. So even if you buy it on iOS and then get it on Steam, you're going to have access to everything on your account, regardless. And that's a great aspect. Yep. Because people want to be able to find their stuff right away, no problem. So Absolutely. that just makes it user-friendly. Yeah, totally. So perfect. Trying. Yeah. So is there is there any... I always like to ask, is there anything I, I missed that you're just like, okay, we need to talk about it? No, oh, man. I mean, we covered everything. Like, just just play the game and uh, let's let's go head to head. Let's do some head to head stuff. Download right. and let's play, man. That's right. All right, guys, you heard them. Go out there, get the app, play with it, play with everybody, play with your friends. I'll share my uh, username with you too. And uh, thanks to Jason for coming and talking to us. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Perfect. That was awesome to talk to Jason about a legendary app. It's cool to have its own little world and just the interaction with it. It's something you can't bring to the table unless you're really good about making something way more exciting. It, it, just the play of it is just so cool. So it was cool to talk to Jason about that. I think, too, the, the benefit of having it as an app is the no setup time. Yeah, and he talked about that, too. That was a big thing. You know, just be, a, just be able to kind of play it and go and then... Yep. You know, be able to expand that world too, so you don't have to take out all the different cards and match them up. Yeah, because that is a that takes a lot of time. Yeah, especially for these games. Yeah, and that's always awesome. Speaking of meeting cool people, uh, we got to meet lots of cool people. One of them we just kind of happened to run into, and it's funny because when when I see thing when I see people and I see, you know, when I'm at conventions and things and stuff like that where there's lots of people, usually. I notice people, but nobody notices me. Yep. And then all of a sudden, I we're walking, and then, hey. And I'm like, what? Somebody recognizes me? And we actually bumped into Aaron Catano and Jeff Stormer from All My Fantasy Children. How serendipitous of just running into somebody. And this is on the first day, right? Thursday? Was this Thursday we ran into him? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Because yep. Aaron actually didn't have a pass for Thursday and somehow got in. <laughs> well, they can get in, but they can't go in. They can't go into the yeah. place. Yeah. It was awesome to just run into them and just hit it off right away. I mean... Oh, it was fun. Yeah. I, I don't know who these... Well, now I know who they are. Sorry, guys, if you're listening to this. I didn't know who they were. But, man, after talking to them for a couple of minutes, I felt like I knew them for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Very easy to talk to funny as all heck 
it was just cool to just chat with them. You know, we told them our story about our nightmare of a hotel room, and you know, that, and you could tell that uh, Aaron and Jeff haven't seen each other in person for a while because they were just vibing off of each other mm-hmm. so hard, and it was just cool. It was fun. Yeah. And then, and not only did we see them, well, we didn't see Jeff again wandering around, but we saw Aaron another time, at least, yeah. walking around like another day. Yeah. Um, it was just, I mean, for the amount of people that were there, it was pretty random that we could, that we saw him again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I talked to Taylor before, and he said that they were going to record a live uh, session of All My Fantasy Children. That uh, this podcast that they do is just awesome, where they take a prompt and then make it into something fun. It was, I was like, oh, this would be fun to do and to uh, to be there, you know. But I don't like, I don't be like being the person that invites myself to something like this. But I waffled on it because I was like, oh, Taylor, where do you think this is? What time is it at? You know. And he's like, why don't you just ask him? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I asked and it was kind of back and forth and stuff like that, and finally showed up and was able to, uh, me and Tracy were able to be there for a live taping of All My Fantasy Children. It was awesome. And if you haven't heard of this, if you have never heard of this podcast, go subscribe, listen to it all. You're going to have a ton of fun. The hotel episode, the Gen Con hotel episode is the one that we're you can hear our laughs on and whoops and hollers. But I just wanted to play a little bit of a snippet of it just to pique your interest because it's just, it's one of my favorites and I love these guys to death. So it's just cool to listen to them. So here's a little snippet of that. You're saying some brilliant shit. <gasps> Got him. The government yeah. has to anoint a physical police force for the internet. Okay. So like you sell something for too much on eBay and the government has to send crackdown agents who are brains that control animals. Jeff, that is the <laughs> least efficient way of policing the internet I have ever fucking heard in my life. Okay. Yeah. We can make this work. I okay. swear to you. Hear so me, these hear are me. Hear hearing me. you out. By the way, for everyone, this is what we got. Yes, that looks right. That looks about right. Yep, there's a brain. There's the electrodes. Okay. There's a bird. But why the fuck is this brain attaching to a bird? That's what I don't get. Because this is a steed. This is a knight. This is a symbiotic relationship. This. Why does the brain need this? Like what? Okay, or we can just say, what happened? You know? I'm thinking that someone... Okay. Why would their brain be all that's left? Because I'm thinking, horrible accident. <laughs> Yes, they sacrificed themselves in the greatest, the greatest internet night raid in internet night raid history. So this is a hero of your, a hero of the first order of cyber knights. The first internet wars happened. The first internet wars the flame happened. Flame wars. So the flame the wars, flame wars happened. Finished. Yes, the flame wars. I love it. Love they it. were a dark time in uh, in internet internet <laughs> culture history. And really, the culture of the world. Okay. Everything is on fire. So that, like, literally, the flame wars? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm down. Um, I'm down. And you got something. Come on. I do. I do. I got to lead up to it. Okay. And um, in one final epic battle, mm-hmm. one brave knight had to give up, had to, had to sacrifice herself so that the rest of the knights could get out safely. It was a losing battle. She stood. She stood. And no evil, no evil passed that day. She gave, she died. And in, and, and, and her words, her most famous words lived on 
and one dedicated scientist said she was like a bird. We make her like a bird. <laughs> okay. So this is the image you're giving me. This is the image. This is, I don't, look, I don't know what you meant, but this is where I'm going to take it. The internet wars have happened. Yeah. Dark future. The internet is ablaze in battle. Yeah. Right. People are at war over fuck knows what. <laughs> yeah. Another episode. Who cares? <laughs> um, okay. What I'm going to take from that is what basically I heard was a knight is engulfed in fire. Yeah. In the internet blaze. Yep. Physical body. But her, but she died so that the others could survive. But can I tell you what happened to her physical body? Yes. I want to say that it's like, you know the story of Eden that the angel stands with the flaming sword at the gates <laughs> yeah. Guarding, yeah. guarding the entrance to the internet so that no one may ever happen again? Yeah. But what happens to her brain is pretty fucked, apparently, <laughs> because now she's sewn onto the back of a bird, and now we have to figure out what happened. She's, okay, no, you've got it, I've got what? it, I've got it, I've got it. She stood at the gates of the internet, yes. forced the internet itself, yes. which tried to exit out of this gate. Yes. It was not a war between people on the internet. The internet itself is sentient? The internet came at us, and we had to fight back. <laughs> so this is literally like, look, like, she's this is the bird gate. stands at the barricade, like, she's this is all that keeps us safe. <laughs> the, this she is like the, at the gate. holy shit, Jeff, she stood at the gate. The internet and all of its tentacles and all of its all of its fire and wrath. Why did you have to use that word? It all <laughs> descended upon us, and in one great stand, she stood. And scientists said, "We have to rebuild her. We the have mind to, is too precious. The mind is the, too this precious. hero is too precious. We need her. What she happens if to, it happens again? The, the internet could rise again, so and it must be defeated. She she lived on like a bird, and so Nelly Furtado will live on as the okay. silent night. Another, uh, another. Hey, we just ran into somebody that kind of kind of remembered us. It was kind of cool to we bumped into uh, Ben Harkins from Floodgate Games. Uh, we, if you had listened to our uh, kind of the North episode where we had talked about that, we had uh, met Ben in in the cities for kind of the North and place. He showed us Sagrada. And so he was showing us, because he had sold out a lot of his other games during the con, he showed us his first game. And he's and uh, as we're kind of talking, he's like, yeah, yeah, I remember you guys, you know. He knew us right away when we walked up to the booth. Yeah. He said, he looked at us and smiled, and he said, I know you guys from Con of the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Which, I, it, he just floored me, because I thought, how many people do you see at how many cons? Yeah, and he made reference to that, too. He's like how many people I see and I'm like man you remember that's awesome we must have some pretty ugly faces (laughs) 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 he was able to direct us to um, one of the tables that um, one of his um, guys was showing one of their new games called News at 11 Yeah, a fun card game that you well I should say I don't want to call it a permanent card game but it's more it of a is party what, game too. Well, no, well, it is a party game. But I was thinking, where you make the cards permanent, where you take a permanent marker and you write words or whatever, whatnot, based on the criteria that's listed on the card, and you basically kind of make like a mini. It's kind of like a role playing game. 
based on newscasting. So one person is the producer, one person is the weather person, one is the anchor. And does sports. You get, yep, you get the idea. And you kind of work through the broadcast. But the guy we were talking to was going through how as the cards stay permanent in the deck and you may play with the same people, some of the same news stories can come up months later. So you can bring it up in the newscast. Hey, tell us about so-and-so and their lost dog or, you know, whatever, and how you have to continue to bring the story back and use the words on the cards. Yeah, so... You know, when you're writing on these cards that have different, like, it's almost like a ad libs, mad libs thing where it's like, here, here's a pronoun or here's an adjective or whatever. Um, everybody writes one thing on these cards and there's only two spots and they all have like a certain thing. But you, everybody only writes down one thing on that card and then you shuffle them up and then pass them out. And then everybody acts out that thing. But the person that's kind of running it as the producer can throw in some some interrupt cards was like, okay, breaking news. We're going to cut to this scene where this person is, you know, one of them was like someone's in a donut and their donut costume they're rolling down the street or, or rolling down the hallway or whatever. So there's, you know, a bunch of different other ways where it can kind of make it go in other different directions and where, and there's another part where like if somebody who doesn't, isn't really, doesn't really feel like talking about this one subject, they can just, they can throw in a different card, which kind of makes somebody else do it, or it kind of flips it. Yeah, or that. isn't really into making up stories as much, isn't into role-playing. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping he'd give me that character, <laughs> He, but he he played that. So he made me roll with punches on it. Yeah, and you did great, which is funny. She's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm like, this game, it's. I think anybody can play it. You know, you just... Even if you come up with something that you think is stupid, other people can roll off of it and it just makes it, it's fun. Yeah, it seemed like a fun game. Yeah, and it's one of those games that Floodgate has so much promise in this game that they didn't even, they didn't even kickstart it like they do their other games. They basically were just going to, they partnered off, partnered up with another company and they were just going to make it and I'm glad that they're going to make it. And I, I would really like to have this and I think this is a good party game to have with small families that are just have fun goofing around or something to bring to the bar to just goof around and make up some fun stuff. Somebody wrote something very crude on one card, and I'll post that on the website. I won't say it here, but I'll uh, post it there so you can see it. And once it's in permanent marker, it stays there. If you're if you're too weird about mucking up these cards, you, I'm sure you could always use dry erase. Except, yeah, they will erase, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So that story can't continue if that's the thing that you want. But they have... What did it come with? Like two hundred cards or something like yeah, that. Yeah, a so, big stack. Yeah, so it's. I don't think this is one of those games that's gonna run out at you quickly. I think it'll last for quite a while. So that was a fun experience to have. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very do that. Another thing we were able to finally meet up with our friend, good friend Taco from SO1KS Gaming. He took time out of his super busy schedule, so we were able to play some DC confrontations with him, and that was fun. That's a new game that came out too. And I, you know, and you know, sold out. Yep, and that's another one of those games that that if you if you're a fan of the show, you know that I love. It was nice playing playing that game because it was cool because it made you go against each other. We played three players, so it was everybody for themselves. But if you play different, if you play more than if you play in groups of two, like twos and fours and stuff like that, you actually get to play as two different characters and then fight against each other. And you can use you. It has this assist mechanic on it where you can actually take cards from your one guy and put them on another guy to help assist but if you're doing 
all for one, you kind of put a card on your character card and then you can use it for your next round just for that one character or whatever. Um, I think me and Tracy were unlucky in the people that we picked, even though Tracy picked Wonder Woman and I picked a character I've never heard of. We still got whooped by Taco's Aquaman. So go, <laughs> go figure on that one. Another fun thing is we actually got to finally meet Carla Kopp from Weird Draft Games and playtest her Stellar, Stellar Leap game. It's something that's a little broader than her Super Hack Overdrive, but it was cool to play that. We were actually able to meet some awesome people like Eric from What's Eric Playing? And then we were also able to meet Jeremy, the Game Geek Ninja. So that was kind of cool to meet with both of those guys and play this awesome game. It was cool to play Stellar Leap with her. And in September, she's going to be kickstarting that game. And we're hoping to have her on the show to talk to her about that also. Yeah. So look, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. It's one of those that even though she had a prototype and she was kind of like, oh, my prototype parts aren't that great. It looked really good for a prototype. Yeah, she was super hard on herself and she shouldn't have been at all. No, not at all. No, it was a really crunchy game. Yeah, for sure. It was one of those that like, you know, she was kind of apologizing for us like not getting it right away. And I'm like, it's like any game. You have to get used to it before you figure it out. And, you know, towards the end, we were kind of figuring it out. But I, you know, I at one at no point did I really feel all that. I mean, at the beginning, I felt confused. But as we kind of went, it would, you know, all kind of clicked in. So. Well, and it was what, late afternoon? We were tired anyway. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think it necessarily had to do with her game. No. It had to do with our brains. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of brains, one of the big things right now is the exit board games right now and all the escape room board games. Those are just hot right now, and you could see a lot of different ones at Gen Con. But we were actually able to talk to Nicole, the senior account executive from Cosmos, to talk about the new exit games that are coming out, plus... Some other games, including another game that's going to be re-released by Cosmos. And so why don't you take a listen as we talk to Nicole about some awesome games from Cosmos. Hey guys, MFGCast, Kurt here. Um, I'm here with Nicole from Cosmos. It's Thames and Cosmos, but you'll know them better as Cosmos. You know they're great games. You know Emotep, you know Legends of Andor. Everybody's really excited about the exit games, of course, but Nicole is here to tell us about the great new games that are going to be coming up in their new fall lineup. So, Nicole, take it away. Sure. So, I could give you a little background. Uh, Themes of Cosmos expanded into board games about two years ago with the Cosmos line from Germany. So, that's kind of our parent company. So, that's why you'll recognize Cosmos a little better than Themes added on. But here we have a nice variety of board games. We really focus on finding things that are unique and also offer some kind of educational value. So, everyone really loved our Legends of Andor series in the past. Emotep was a huge hit last year, and now this year, uh, everyone's been lining up for Exit. It's our escape room for home use, just won the Kenner Spiel de Jar Award, so uh, people have literally been lining up for their selling out within the first half hour of the show each day, and then in the fall, we'll be announcing, releasing another three of them. So we have the Polar Station, the Forgotten Island, and the Forbidden Castle. They all have their own different storyline. They'll be $14.95 each. They range in difficulty from medium to kind of that harder, which you can associate with the Pharaoh's Tomb for Forbidden Castle. We also have a ton of other new games. One of them is Horde Slam, which is a really fun new party game. So everybody crowds around this. The easiest way to say is it's like charades, except instead of acting, dancing, moving around, you're using word cards. 
So we have two different teams with a storyteller and a crowd of guessers around them. Uh, and you're basically going to be trying to get your team to figure out what the word is. And at the same time, you're going to try and trick your opponents so that they don't guess before yours do and beat out the clock. Uh, another one is Kerala. So it's Kerala is a city in India that's very into celebrating the elephant. There's a festival every year. So it's a beautifully designed game. You're basically building a platform with sections and segments of color. So it's really strategic, up to five players. It's a lot of fun. And again, really beautifully designed. And then our other new release is coming up in the fall. We're bringing back the Pillars of the Earth. So everyone's been super, super excited for that reprint. And along with that, we'll have a column of fire, uh, which is another Ken Follett book releasing in October, which is when the game will come out. And then we're introducing another Legends of Andor, The Last Hope. So that's going to be the third game in the trilogy. And we're really excited for everything coming out. That's awesome. So everybody is just big into the escape room games. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, escape rooms are a lot of fun right now. It's something different that gets people kind of unplugged away from a screen and doing things together. And that's exactly what we're doing with Exit the Game. So taking that concept, bringing it to your own living room where you're sitting comfortably, maybe in your pajamas around a board game. Uh, and it's just something different that people haven't really seen before. Uh, we've been getting a lot of compliments on our series, people saying that we fit a lot of content into the box. Uh, and even though it is a one-time purchase, it's kind of like going to the movies or going to an actual escape room where for just $14.95 you're going to get a solid two hours or even more of just playtime and a lot of fun and a lot of working together and just family or friends time. Yeah, that sounds great. So because, you know, a lot of our listeners can't, unfortunately can't be here, you know, what's what's the big thing like right now besides exit you know because there's you know there's i mean everyone's going to come here they're going to find an exit game because i mean there's a bunch of them everybody's into it but what's like what's another thing that people are just really psyched about right now really psyched about well if i'm gonna promote cosmos uh everyone has been really really excited about pillars of the Oak coming back honestly nice. um i know it was really popular so first time it's going to be a lot cheaper on our end this time with the reprint uh, retailing 59.95 so if you've got the 90 dollars copy of the game you might want to pick up a new one and sell that one uh, but everyone has been coming up and they're like oh you got this coming i'm so excited to get it that's great well it's not it just by as far as Cosmos goes, it seems like everything is everything is always beautiful. It's always vibrant. I always love that idea of just making it making a game not just a game where you just kind of put out the pieces and you kind of go for it. it seems like you know the strategy and the beautifulness of it all kind of comes together. So I just I love that how that works out. Yeah. So. We definitely have to lay that out to Germany. I mean, all of our games are German engineered designed, uh, so they're just really beautiful. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, I think I won't take up any more of your time, Nicole. Thank you for uh, talking with us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to try some of those uh, those escape room games. We always talk about like wanting to try one, but we never we haven't gotten one yet. So, Mm-mm. and they're fairly cheap for the exit games. They're like 15 bucks a piece. So even though it's a one and done kind of game, it'd still be fun to play that. Did they have a I know they had the um, signs up and stuff for them. Did were they all sold out of all of them? They had the other ones there, but they didn't have the the ones that she was kind of pointing at were the new ones that were going to be coming out. Oh, so also just being when I was interviewing her, we were right next to Kerala. That game looks beautiful, and I'd really like to try that out. The little uh, elephant meeples and the cards and stuff like that were just 
awesome. So it would be kind of cool to play that too. And mm-hmm. I like we like Cosmos games. We have Amotep. We've heard a lot of good things about Legends of Andor, but still have not played. So it'd be cool to see some of the new stuff that comes out for that. But there was just so many cool things. We had a lot of fun. I'd like to kind of talk to kind of wrap it up. I kind of like to talk about what we're thankful for at the end, but also I want to talk about some of the things that if you're going to go to Gen Con, just kind of keep these things in mind. Like, and, and we always talk about it and we've, uh, you've heard lots of probably people talk about it, but some of the things that I like to talk about is like, don't go out of your way to spend all your money right away. Just kind of see what you want, write a couple things down. Like we did that, but we kind of veered off of it a little bit, but don't be afraid if you don't get every single thing that you really wanted because you might find something that you really like you know like we were just kind of before the the exhibit hall was closing on saturday we had just kind of run in and and into one of the cellar areas and we found dbh's game uh, affliction salem 1690 and just because dan and kim had talked to so high had hyped it up so much i was like we got to get this game i think it'd be kind of fun you know and you were gonna grab it, and we saw that they had a little piece of paper with a bunch of blurbs talking about it, and they had us on there. And I thought that was just so awesome. I was like, we actually get to see ourselves in print. I mean, I mean, <laughs> uh, granted, it had Dan and, Dan and Kim's, you know, recommendation on it or whatever. But it, you know, they're Still part they're of the us, MFG you know, yep. exactly. And it was just cool to see that. So I had to send the picture to Dan. He was all excited, you know. We're all like getting like, giddy like school kids, but you know, just. To, you know, have an experience of looking around and seeing what you could find because we had just kind of looked around and not gotten a whole lot, but we'd gotten some here and there. And then I, we had run into Red Raven games. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, uh, Ryan Lockhat's just sitting there just, you know, hanging out while people are buying games and stuff like that. And uh, I was able to shake his hand and just thank him for, you know, making just some beautiful and wonderful told story games and we actually bought klondike rush which is something that maybe at first glance we wouldn't have bought unless we had seen it there well didn't that game just come out for gen con too yeah like no one had heard of or maybe they had heard of it i don't know yeah but we just happened to see some people playing it and i'm like let's get this game we've never played it yeah we did it with a couple of games yeah yamatai yeah um, we bought that game. I don't even know that we saw anybody playing it, did we? No. No, no. we were just like, oh, we've heard this is a really good game. Let's yeah. get this. So we kind of went outside of our box this time and bought games that we had maybe heard of that were good instead of all the games that were a huge hype. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Harry Harry Potter or the Clank in Space, any of those games, which I'm sure are very awesome. We got some different different ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you're there, like, you know, look around, f- see what you find. Also, like, don't wear yourself out. You know, we did a lot of walking around, but also we, you know, we had to have these, a lot of these awesome experiences talking with a bunch of different people and stuff like that. And that was awesome. But, you know, we also, you know, didn't stay out like super late. You know, we came back, we kind of, I'm trying to think of the word for it, like not deflated, but we kind of... Uh, regenerated? Yeah, uh, regenerated. <laughs> we didn't regenerate. It's not like we're like dead and then we regenerate. <laughs> but no, I you, know, you get what we're saying. We rejuvenated. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, also we didn't eat as much around the con as much. We kind of went outside of our 
a hotel room and went to other places to kind of save money there because then we could spend a little bit more more money on games. Um, the one thing we did this year, we sound like we're professionals, but this is only our second year. But the first year we didn't. But this year we actually, when everything opened up, we had bought a four-day um, parking pass. That was awesome. I think it was $75 or something like that for four days. Whereas the first year we paid maybe $25 every time we wanted to park in a parking ramp. And there were no guarantees whether or not we could even park in that parking ramp. And this was like $75 or $80 for the entire time we were there. And they would tell us where they wanted us to park. We'd walk over to a pickup, like a shuttle pickup place. And then beginning Wednesday, we went to pick up our badges and stuff. But beginning on Thursday, they were open for 24 hours for the rest of the con. And those awesome people work on tips. So they were they were so friendly. And then when you're ready to head back to your car, you just stand outside and wait for them. And if they don't um, come within a reasonable reasonable amount of time, you just call. And they have like four or five shuttles and they come and pick you up again and drop you back off at this drop off zone and you walk back to your car. It is awesome Mm -hmm. that I thought that was a really good choice that we made. Yeah. I mean, we saved we saved a lot of money. Yeah. And even though you're there for games, like don't be afraid to, you know, find somebody that, you know, and talk to them. Don't be afraid to, you know, say, hey, let's go over here and let's have a conversation or or, you know, find somebody that you've seen that, you know, that that like, you know, like I did with Ryan, you know, I, I got to see uh, Ignacy from Portal Games and say hi to him and then buy a game from Chevy. You know, it's just it's cool to see these people. They're all super nice. You know, we saw uh, Bonacore in the in the crowd like a dozen times. It felt like, you know, a couple times here and there and stuff like that. But like, don't be afraid to say hi. Like I've seen I even, you know, seen a lot of pe- a lot of other famous people that you've seen on like through all the pack stuff and stuff like that and people just come up and say hey and they're like oh hey how's it going you know good to see you what are you doing here that kind of thing you know don't be afraid to have those experiences you know unfortunately we you know miss some people like we got to see Rohit from Gamers Plane for like one second and then for some reason our our past didn't cross that much Uh, we didn't get to see Megan and Acer from the redacted files Unfortunately, there was a cool one-shot party or a one-shot get-together that they had Saturday night, but unfortunately, because it was just so, the whole weekend was so taxing, we just, we unfortunately had to skip it. We missed out, missed out seeing like, you know, Rich Howard and uh, Patrick O'Rourke and stuff like that. But, you know, don't be afraid to have those experiences because you know what, even though it's, it seems like a lot of work and, a, and just a lot of stuff, you know, you can really get sucked in. Don't be afraid to take five seconds to rest or have a a great conversation because you know what? Those are the things that really make you appreciate Gen Con and um, the game community themselves. Mm -hmm. And make sure you're always well-fed. You're always well... Caffeinated. Caffeinated, yep. (laughs) Hydrated. Hydrated. Drink lots of water if you can. But yeah, it's just... I don't care how sold out. I don't care how chaotic... Everybody at everybody that worked there, everybody that was selling games and working with the community, was just so amazing. Well, yeah, even the um, that the driver of the shuttle that we had several times, 
you could tell he just loved the camaraderie of the people that came. He was a big, what, role player maybe or Mm -hmm. something. And he was making jokes and he was a teacher during the day and then he'd work all day and then he'd work through the night to shuttle everybody. I think he loved the experience of being able to interact with everybody. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. We had a really good time. Yeah. So if you're thinking about Gen Con but you don't know about maybe how it'll... Pan out. Pan out for you. Like, we're decently outgoing people but we're also very reserved when it comes to a lot of things and we had a great time i mean even just walking around just kind of hanging out seeing how the convention worked and stuff like that just being together in this awesome atmosphere and get good games and talk to good people was just it was worth it it was worth any amount you could pay for it even the hundred dollar clothes bag <laughs> thanks a lot yeah you'll you never, knew you'll never you make me for, forget that i won't it's yeah. funny now yeah so if you have any any <laughs> questions, any comments you want to talk to us about, any, anything that you think that we missed or something like that, get a hold of us at MFGCast on Twitter. We have a MFGCast Facebook page. Um, you can always comment on the site when I post the Gen Con episode on the site. And uh, just thanks for coming on, our, coming on the ride with us. So for, uh, for now, I am Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was our MFGCast story of Gen Con 50. Cool. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.